a Podcast One production. Created for expectant parents, new mums, new grandparents, or women thinking about becoming pregnant. This series guides you through the highs and lows of pregnancy, giving birth, and the complexities of parenting. Welcome to Birth, Baby and Beyond with midwife, Kath Curtin. Welcome to Q&A with Kath. Thank you. Kath, you know, it's it's on the lips of every single expecting mum and it's, it's pain mm. and the idea of managing pain and we have spoken about it, even with Dr. Sue, we've spoken about it. You've spoken about it, uh, you know, at length, which is what your options are and, and what they mean and what the impacts are and the pros and the cons and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it's 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 a thing, isn't it? It's, it's the it fear is a of thing. pain. And I think a lot of women, we, we talk to each other. We, as women, we talk to each other. It's sort of secret women's business <laughs> in that, holy God, that pain is shocking. But it's not always you know, women cope in different ways. I could tell you thousands of stories when women are about to give birth and they've been having a lot of pain. The baby is being delivered and they go, that was amazing. I could do that all over again. You're like, sister, you're about to, I was in a headlock from you, you know, five minutes ago. But that's what it's about, you know, yeah. and it's the journey of the pain and you it's the it. challenge of the pain. You forget it. You never, never, is that a, that's a lie. <laughs> yeah, no, you sort of, you remember it, but you don't, but you forget it. You know, it was pretty bad, you know, but, um, but you manage. And you know what it's, what I've always found interesting about women in labour is that when they're well, when they're well pregnant women, it's their blood pressure's good, their pulse is, hasn't raised, yeah. their temperature. So it's a normal body process, even at the height of labour. So if you're running up a hill, all those things change. But in labour, which is as, you know, so a stress on your body, like you're working hard, but, you, but your system is not finding it a challenge. That's incredible, yeah. isn't it? It's really phenomenal. All right. So given that it is such a, a thing, um, I thought that in today's Q&A, we would talk through options for managing pain during labour mm. um, and then just kind of go a little bit deep into some of those areas. So... The first question is, what are our options? Well, there are a lot of options, but can I just say one thing beforehand? I think these days women get so worked up about the pain mm. that they've nearly talked themselves into, hysteria. Uh, the, you know, the fear of it. And they, they want to have a Caesar because they don't want to yep. feel pain. And there are a lot of women that go through labour without any pain relief, and it doesn't make them better or stronger or happier or prettier. It's just that's what happens. Mm. It's a normal body process and some women can do it and do it very well. And I suppose to that to that point, um, there's the, the people who plan to have a natural birth and therefore have a natural birth and there's people who plan to have an epidural but when they get into hospital, damn it, they're, they're nailing it. They're but, a... but also there's women who plan a natural birth. And, and I set up birth centres around Melbourne mm. and you'd have women, we, we had like a home environment and you always have a percentage of women that need assistance, either by forceps or vacuum extraction or a caesarean section. 
that is what the stats said year after year after year. As much as you gave support and a good environment and activity and showering and all that sort of stuff, there were still women that their baby got distressed and they had to have a cesarean section because even though you want to have a natural birth, the oh, ba- yeah. Absolutely. And, and you know, if you haven't heard um, that episode, we've spoken about this too, which is about um, expectations or reality and the fantasy. And it's a really interesting um, point that you make, which is, you know, in that moment of labour, you don't have control and the only thing that is important is the health of the mother and the baby. Mm. And so whatever comes, whatever happens, in the end, if you're both healthy and happy, then that is, you've nailed it. You've won. Look, I think there's nothing, the things that sadden me about, you know, birth and everything is that if some, if women have had a traumatic time, Mm. not through their own wishes, but there's there's been trauma, mm. very hard to move on and um, hold that distress. You know, yeah. it's very hard. So so some women have nothing and we, we our body provides us with endorphins, which is our own drug supply. So I've seen women labouring and they look like they've had a lot of drugs, like they're really sort of dra- drugged out. As soon as the baby's born, awake. That was fantastic. And so... And this was the natural birth. Well, well, yeah, with nothing, with no pain relief. Yeah. So it's, it, it, I think so many people talk about having drugs and pain relief that we forget that women for, for, forever have been doing it without, without, it. without it. So there's one of your options. No, exactly. So it's one of your options. The other one is water. And there's nothing really? quite like water in labour. And that is, I've spent half my life in showers with women um, who are labouring in water. Being in a bath, the pain, it just controls the pain. A nice warm bath or sitting down in a shower or standing up in a shower, having the water over you. It just, it's therapeutic. Would you find in a lot of natural birth, or when I say natural, people who don't use um, um drugs or a gas or a epidural or any of yeah, those yeah. things, that, that they use water as oh, something yeah. to help. So yeah. that, that's part of that. That you know? is part of it. It's yeah. interesting. And um, when I ran the birth centre in Melbourne, I mean, you know, like most of my day I was in the shower. So I used to bring like um, thongs to wear in the shower because I would be in there delivering yeah. babies and it was, you know, like, it's great. And there's nothing quite like water. There really isn't. That's interesting. So um, water's a great option. Um, then there's the TENS machines, which are, they're little sort of electrodes that are pasted onto your back. And you have a little control centre where you can increase the the buzzing sort of sensation. And that is, um, it's supposed to interrupt the pain flow to the brain. Now, I've used them a lot. Some women go, I couldn't have done it without that. You know, they've been amazing. Some women, uh, after a half an hour, get it off me. Like, I can't stand it. It's annoying me. Yeah. And some don't even get out of the the case, the suitcase. Mm. So it's about options, Brooke, and it's about knowing what your options are. Great. You know, I haven't heard of that very much. Mm. I mean, it is, uh, you can actually, a lot of people use it for, for chronic back pain or chronic pain anywhere. So, you know, it's not 
it, it, they've been around a long time. Okay. There's also um, the gas, which is nitrous oxide or laughing gas as it's... Oh, At the ne- dentist. Never seen anyone laugh. Oh, oh what, during labour? No. no. <laughs> I, do, I do remember having that once when I was little at the dentist. Mm-hmm. And uh, so same same stuff. Yeah, yeah, nitrous oxide and oxygen. So how does that work as pain related? Is it, is it just, it just... What it does the best, and let me say that you don't use it as soon as you start to labour. It shouldn't be the first thing because a long-term use of it makes you feel very nauseated. Ah. And as in some of those shows like, one born every minute. It's a UK show. Seriously, they're puffing the gas when they walk in, literally walk in. <laughs> I don't know how they can do it. So nitrous oxide is very good once your your cervix is starting to dilate sort of around five centimetres or in that transition period, which is the last two centimetres where mother nature's like, let's get this baby out. What the nitrous oxide is good for is that you, you hold it and you breathe in and out into it. So it gives you a bit of control with the pain. It doesn't take the pain away. It makes your head go into sort of Planet Janet at some level, <laughs> but it doesn't take the pain away, but it also does not go through to the baby. Ah, so right. Okay. Very useful. Yes. Very useful. Yes. Yep. And then, okay, so tensorshine, pethidine and morph. So so years well up until mid seventies, we used to give heroin in labour, and um, nearly fell off my chair the first time you told me that. No, seriously. Like, and um, so women were sort of like in a, a twilight, sort of anaesthetic type thing. But well, even further back in the nineties, they, they'd use cocaine, and you know, a lot of a lot of these drugs were used in childbirth for pain. Um, so, um, pethidine and well, so once heroin became a street drug. It was taken out of the hospitals and pethidine and morphine have been the carryover. Now, my view on it is, first of all, when I ran the the birth centre, the whole reasoning for that was women in the late 70s and 80s just didn't want to be put to bed and given drugs to labour. They wanted the freedom. experience. Yeah. And so... With home birth, there were issues with, um, you know, a lot of people didn't want to go to home, have home births. So the hospitals would provide a birth centre, which was a home-like environment within a hospital. So if there was any complications, they could be transferred to the labour room. So um, with pethidine and morphine, what has always confused me is that they're a fantastic drug if you've broken your leg or if you've had an appendicitis or, you know, something is, you're sick and they're great pain relief, but it, they do, they don't work for, for labour. They may take an edge off it, but they don't take the pain away completely like they would if you'd had your appendix out. You know, like if you have pethidine morphine, it goes, the pain goes with these drugs. So especially the generation now when everyone's sort of worried about what they eat, it concerns me that they're worrying about what they eat for nine months, but as medical professionals, we're giving a drug in the, the baby's last hours in utero and it does cross the placenta to the baby. So the baby can be a bit drowsy or a bit flat and then it affects the breastfeeding because, you know, they're not as 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 roused. 
Okay, so you're, you're not personally an advocate for it? N- never have been. Even yeah. like ever since I started midwifery, because I'd done a lot of reading, I was one of those little nerds, um, and I'd done a lot of reading about it, and I'm like, it just doesn't make sense to give women those drugs. Mm. So does it, does it does it make you spaced out? Do those or, or uh, make you very nauseated? Yeah, right. Very like women f- feel quite sick. Mm. And look, I'm sure there's some women who say it, it, it did help, yeah. but yeah. what happens? Um, so very sh- very quickly, the, the the history is that women, you know, we gave birth at home. That was what both my parents were born at home, and then because of advancement of medicine, it came into the hospital to be cared for and it became medicalized. Women were put to bed and it became very structured. And then as women started to sort of, you know, especially like myself in and in that era, it was like, this is not right. Like women giving enemas, um, shaving pubic hair, um, doing vaginal examinations um, every four hours, it was it it it's it was it was I don't know it just didn't sit right with me for for women. So when I got involved in this natural or active childbirth, which is probably hypnobirthing and calm birthing now, same same different name, um, and it's you know women are amazing in labour. They don't they need good support like a Good midwife is better than any drug. Mm. But also during that time, epidurals were just starting and they weren't good. So epidurals, just on that, let me ask you about that. Um, how, how long have they been around for? Well, they've certainly been around a long time, but how long have they been grateful? Because sometimes they were in the early 80s given and they had to be repeated every three or four hours, so they didn't work all the time. Mm. But, you know, in my 40 years in um, working in midwifery, the change and the advancement has been astronomical, Brooke. Yeah. One of the things is epidurals, and they they are incredible. A lot of women have a lot of fear about epidurals because I don't know whether it's because it goes into their back or other women talk about it or whatever, but they don't go through to the baby. They allow women to have pain-free labour, can decrease a lot of anxiety. Some women have an epidural before they're induced. So some women say, I want to have a Caesar because I just don't want to even think about labour. And rightly, some doctors or midwives say, well, how about you have an epidural first, we induce you, and if any time you need it, you can have a cesarean section. And that's a really good way of getting, helping women mm. to have a vaginal birth because there's a lot of women who have so much fear about childbirth. 100%. Uh, it, it makes sense, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, it just makes sense. Yeah. Can I ask about epidurals? Um, uh, <laughs> are they six foot long? Needles? Yeah. No. Okay. No. There's only, look, it's, it, it, it the procedure the process would probably take 30 minutes, but that's from the doctor walking in, talking, telling everything about what's going to happen. The actual proce- procedure takes, you know, less than three minutes. Mm. 
And then so the doctor would be in the room with you for about a half an hour explaining and then making sure that you've had good a good result afterwards. Fantastic. So when an epidural is put in, in labour, there's a very fine sort of tube left in the back, very hair-like tube. It's taped up to the back and the medicine is just slowly dripped in. So you only need one epidural. Mm. If you have um, an elective caesarean section, you can have what's called a spinal and that's just one injection into the back and it just wears off. Like when you go to the dentist, it, mm. it wears off. Fantastic. How do you know of all those options, let's just say not natural or, and the water mm-hmm. part of it, but so of the gas and of the little electric, um, the TENS machine and the pethidine and morphine and the uh, epidural, how do you know which one is right for you? Well, you know. Hairy question. Well, it's got like everything. It's got about 5,000 answers. So. Some women are set in what they want. Either I'm going to do it without drugs and great, but it doesn't always work. Mm. Some women say I'm definitely having an epidural and might come into labour nearly fully dilated, into the hospital nearly fully dilated and it's too late. Mm. Have a normal delivery. And sometimes they feel pretty annoyed with that. You know, mm. they, they feel cheated because they actually didn't want to feel the pain. So we can't tell how anyone's going to labour. Yeah. And that is difficult to then say, look, you can have what you want to have, like whatever you want to do, but it also has to be within the safe, with the boundaries of safety. And there also is sometimes when the doctor would say, this is what you need, you know, like... Yeah. um. For example, if forced birth had to be done or or vacuum or a caesarean section, obviously, you know, you would need an epidural for that. Mm. Mm. Okay. So it's really a case of you have all these things at your fingertips. You have access to all these things. You can do your plan about how you plan to have have your labour and how, you know, whether it be natural or whether you – but just know that um, the first – priority is to have a healthy, happy baby um, and, of course, mother. So yeah. if it doesn't go that way, then, you know, you No might, one fails. Then, then the doctor no, might advise yeah. and, and, and say no one fails. No one fails. It's going to be okay. It's, it's, I think it's what we um, expect of ourselves. We expect that we're going to do this. Mm. And it works for a lot of people and that's really great. I just don't like, I hate when women feel disappointed about their birth yeah. because- it's such a joyous moment. You mm. should never feel disappointed if you had a Caesar or if you um, you had to have an epidural, something like that, because as I've said so many times, it's about that baby. Yeah. And it wasn't that long ago when we didn't know what we know now. It's not that long ago. And mothers and babies didn't survive. Yeah. So... You know, I'm always a glass half full sort of person because I think, you know, we've got to rejoice that we've got these skills that, you know, we can tell safely how to have pain relief or no pain relief and still deliver a well baby. You're right. It's just, it's the strategy. You know, we always sit here and plan everything. I want want it to be like this and I'm going to make that decision. And But at the end of the day, you just want to, you want to cross the line mm. and you want to have that lovely little bundle of joy yes. and you want to be happy and healthy. And so I think that's really great. And I think 
the more some women plan and write down what they want, I think the more disappointed they feel because it's not always going to go to plan. Sometimes it does and it's great. It's really great to have a good midwife with you and um, it's, you know, as, as, as far as being a midwife, there's, you know, there was nothing better working in labour ward and, and helping women through that time. Through that time. But what was the greatest part is that even though couples knew that they were going to have a baby, when the baby came out, it's like, it's a baby. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, such a, it's such a shock because one minute you're in labour and pregnant, the next minute you've got this little baby there. It's one of, it's just something that's always made me smile inside the reaction of new parents. They're so, it's like, oh, we've got a baby. And if you're listening, uh, this is what you've got to look forward to. Gorgeous. Kath, I just love it because you talk with such passion about this and I know it's just, it's one of the greatest loves of your life. Mm. Um, and thank you for explaining the options and thanks for, you know, just putting a nice Kath Curtin lens in it. Um, I look forward to our next Q&A. Mm. Thank you, Brooke. This has been Birth, Baby and Beyond with midwife Kath Curtin. Birth, Baby and Beyond is recorded in the studios of Podcast One Melbourne, Australia. Executive producer is Brooke Carrigan. Audio production by Darcy Thompson and music by Matt Nikolic.